Where do you get these? I ordered them online from King Palm, so it's Ooh. green apple. You just ordered a shit ton of them? I did. Do you keep ordering them? Or? Uh, <laughs> I do. Actually, when I run out. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Hello. Sweet Sweet Death. <laughs> I'm Heather. And I'm Laura. So we were talking about King Palm. But green apple, I think, is my favorite. Um, I just tried the mango tango. That one was really, really good. I didn't love the pineapple. I don't love the Irish cream. Um, yeah, there's Irish cream. Yeah, it just tastes. That seems weird. I don't know. Weird. <laughs> Ooh, speaking of things that taste gross. Um, someone bought a red, like a red hot flaming Mountain Dew. Have uh-huh. you seen those? Is it like supposed to be like a Cheeto? Sort of. It's supposed to be kind of like the Cheeto. Ew. But, and it tasted gross. Oh, sorry. I fucked with your gain level. No, it's okay. Um, I felt like it tastes like acid reflux. That's what I thought it tasted uh, like. Dude, right? That's disgusting. It is. And that's the only way I can describe it. It was really, uh, really gross. At work or what? Yeah. Someone bought it. They were like, listen, <laughs> I'm not proud of this. I don't think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be terrible. I had to try it. So he he let everybody try it. You know, if, if we were brave Did everyone hate it? Pretty much everyone hated it. Yeah, Ooh. no one liked it. It's like who invents that shit? Someone probably thought for the kids. Yeah, it's just not for the kids. I don't think even kids would like it. It really just tastes like a gross burp. <laughs> um, that reminds me of. I remember during Halloween, I had told you something weird that like. What was it? It was like ketchup or something. Mm-hmm. Did something like a flavor, something flavored like ketchup. Or do you remember that? Oh, I told you about it, it, and I can't remember. But same so shit. Funny. We're gonna <laughs> anything exciting going on, Laura? No, just my coworkers trying to sabotage me and get me fired. <laughs> it's true. You have told me the stories. I believe it, dude. I legit think they are trying to get you fired. Just that one bitch. That yeah. one old bitch. did we talk about this last time how we went down that rabbit hole and we're like not convinced she actually owned oh yeah because we were told everyone about how we were like researching her and shit so yeah okay then i'll let that go i think so but yeah so whatever (laughs) that's basically all that's happened for me i'm trying to think of anything else like exciting or funny but we bought uh we bought robbie a new bike so that was exciting that was a lot it looked very nice very nice um because she's just yeah we bought it new um but she's just outgrown the kid sizes so we had to buy the adult sized bike so between that i had to like get my tube replaced i was filling up my tire last week and it literally just exploded oh my god in the fucking (laughs) rubber what was weird because like i'd pumped it up robbie had come over to like ask me a question and I was like, I stopped, I, I was talking to her, and then out of nowhere, it was just like, bang! And then a little puff of air, like, moved some dirt <laughs> yeah. on the floor. It was like, holy shit! so funny. <laughs> and I, what's crazy is I knew I, I could definitely have pumped more air into yeah. it. Like, it was not completely full, and yeah, dude. So, I had to go get that replaced. So, with oh. that, the new tube, 
uh, the new bike, and then we also bought a bike lock from like her bike being stolen. Yeah, a few like weeks ago. did you buy like a nicer bike lock or just kind of? Yes, like, basic? we bought we bought the U lock one, so it's okay. You can't just you use can't, clippers yeah. on it. Okay. Um, and then it's cool to have like a wire attachment so that you can you can get the U um lock through the wheel and the frame, and then you can wrap that wire like oh, around okay. the tire and then hook that up. So. If they really wanted to steal anything, they'd be able to steal that front tire if yeah. they wanted to cut it. So yeah. that makes me feel better. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Um, so with everything, it came out to like just over 700 bucks. <gasps> Dude. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say that fucking sucks. But I just remembered before I forget that um, I went to Barnes & Noble and I bought a book yesterday. And it's called like, um, I don't know, something like Death and something mm-hmm. Morbid Details behind science or some shit like that but uh it seemed like cool like i don't know if you'd want to borrow but it's just like i think some chick who was like a medical examiner or some shit Mm -hmm. just like weird stories like will your dog really eat you and like shit like that so i don't know seemed cool fuck yeah man did you ever uh look into that one book i gave you this poison book do you remember (gasps) yeah i still have it in my house i literally was thinking that when i bought that i was like oh my gosh i was like i still have heather's fucking like poison (laughs) book yeah. I mean, it's just like a fun, cool yeah. little book. Yeah. I need to bring it back to you. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. I know. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> I think I returned all your movies, though. I'm not really sure. Hopefully. <laughs> I have gone, like, looking for movies on occasion. Sometimes I find them. Sometimes I don't. Just I'm like... Blame me. <laughs> yeah. I've lent out so many movies, some, and I don't always get them back. Yeah. But I also know on the other end, I've definitely been given movies... And I, for the yeah. most part, give them back sometimes. I have a few movies that are not mine. I stole them by accident. <laughs> not even, like, great movies either. Yeah, it's, like, it's just ah, like, well. A... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I heard your phone. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Did you? So did you have anything else exciting besides spending lots of money? No, just oh. being broke now. Uh, some, like, a ton of personal shit went down. Oh, oh. God, I forgot to tell you about it, but I... I don't want to say it on yeah. here. It's pretty fucking personal. Okay. Um, oh, I finally revealed to one person at work that we ha- I have a podcast. Oh. And it just came. I just, I was like, I can't keep it inside of me any longer. <laughs> like, okay, I have. I was like, do you want to know a secret? She's like, okay. And I was like, you're the only person that knows this. No one else knows this. <laughs> I have a podcast. It's not great, but I have one. <laughs> what did um, they say? She asked if I did it sober, and I was like, no. And she was like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Huh. Um, I was like, nope, I never shut the fuck up about how high I am. So <laughs> definitely not sober. I smoke during it. No. Right? I often will pack a joint while I'm <laughs> using it. King Palm. Not sponsored. <laughs> but if you'd like to sponsor us. Right. No. <laughs> free to. I will happily smoke your product. <laughs> trying to think what else we have uh oh, dude that just that green apple because you just tried it yeah I know that you it tastes it. really good fuck yeah the, yeah mango tango oh banana banana's really good too Ooh. yeah i feel like anything like like fruity really fruity yeah. oh yeah i've had the blueberry that was really Ooh. good mm-hmm. blueberry. and you can cherry? actually i did do a cherry one it was weird it wasn't what i thought oh. it was where it was like it came like i they they're all pre-rolled uh-huh. so i don't have to do that because i can't roll a joint yeah. to save my life um and the one that i got for the cherry flavored it just came as like a little square oh. for me to roll myself oh, okay. and i was like ah bummer and it was weird it felt almost like leather 
the substance yeah. i don't know what it was it it was huh. really good the warning did say the state of california recognizes oh, this as a cancer concert God. like well i bought it so i'm gonna smoke it nice yep hmm. um, you should try those camo wraps too because i used to get those but oh yeah you have to roll them yourself but you can use like a pencil or something yeah like that. i'm just real bad at it yeah. so i'll just buy them pre-rolled i used to buy the chamomile ones good shit they're so good dude it was like my favorite thing that's when i was like addicted to smoking blunts but yeah <laughs> oh how the times have yeah. changed now you've got your cbd yeah. cigarettes now i'm fully sober i think <laughs> um yeah fuck i don't know it's only been eight minutes should we just not really go yeah. for it i mean we just go for it i don't have much to say today i guess yeah I feel like so much shit happened. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to tell her all about it. I was, I've already forgotten everything. Yeah. I was trying to think. I don't know. I always think of things I could say. Yeah, I don't know, I guess. Well, we often do a, quite a lot of chit-chat before yeah. uh, before we come yeah. on. So we'll we'll maybe ch- save it. We keep saying well, that. We fucking yeah. don't. Sometimes it's so personal. Like yeah, just... that's how I feel. I'm like, I feel like everything I've been wanting to talk about is just like really personal. Just like a lot of drama. Kind of nothing exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been skating, so no weird fucking people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... yeah, we, uh, oh shit. Oh, I went to Kawadi. Sorry, I know we just oh, said yeah. we were going to start, whatever. I went to Kawadi, uh, on Tejon. Yeah. Dude, was that was... your first time? Or... Yes. Yeah. We had bulgogi fries, and then it's like a really loud, like, venue, yeah. you know, loud music. And I'm trying to scream, like, when I go back, it's, like, co-workers, so there's, like, I don't know, eight to ten of us, something yeah. like that. And I set them down, and someone's like, what is that? And I'm like, bulgogi fries. And he goes, bukake fries? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I do think he was just being an asshole, yeah. but still, I was like, it's pretty fucking solid. <laughs> so, bulgogi fries, dude, it was, like, and i vegan and everything, but it had, like, uh, a ton of meat on it, spicy Korean mayonnaise. It had an, a fried egg on top. Mm. Oh my god! And then that piece of shit, because there's a group of us, and I was like, how, you know, how many people does one plate yeah. feed? And he was like, oh, like two people. So I'm picturing kind of like a smaller plate. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. So I get two plates, and I get something else. Oh, I get like twenty dumplings, twenty fried oh, dumplings. Shit. Well, it's just to like share yeah. with everybody. Um, and uh. So I order the two because I think it's going to be small. And then we fucking, and it was like kind of a lot. I was like, yeah, man, it was like 50 bucks for all this for something that's not yeah. going to feed everybody. And then it comes out and it's fucking huge. <laughs> like that lying sack of shit. He knew, ex- he knew. Yeah. He knew it served more than two people. Or he's like one of those people who can eat <gasps> a lot. Cause whenever or I he get... was looking at me and was like this fat bitch. Oh my gosh, no. Two people. <laughs> whenever two I go to you. fucking, uh what is it um that burger place green no oh green line grill green line yeah Yeah. every time i go i'll be like can i get two orders of fries and the guy's like are you sure two orders of fries or one order of fries is enough for four people i'm like yeah i'm sure because i can eat the whole fucking thing by myself like (laughs) he gets like so angry this one fucking dude and i'm just like whatever dude like yeah i guess some people just assume like maybe based on their own like maybe eating habits like if they eat like a mouse and they're like yeah this feeds eight people but right it's like you don't know me yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um mm-hmm. so maybe that guy just had a very big appetite <laughs> i guess man well, like two people whatever i think you saw the size of my hips and was no, like oh mm-hmm. no no <laughs> <sighs> 
Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> Let's do it for real this time. We're actually going to start. Okay. Um, Who goes first? You? I think I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll go I first. Like, I think you're... Mine's a real bummer. Um, oh, okay. I'm sure yours is too. Yeah. It is called Sweet, Sweet Death. We don't talk about happy things. <laughs> I swear. Tragically, lives are taken. Yes. So, uh, yeah, this one was dark, man. This one, because I had known about Tulsa and... Oh my god, <laughs> are you fucking shitting me? Okay. They like drop. And I'm back. Okay. <laughs> so sorry. Anyways, so very, very dark. I had known about Tulsa. Um and then this is like basically another Tulsa. Like I had no idea. I really thought I don't know why I thought. I don't know why I thought. Oh Tulsa. <laughs> That must be, like, one of a kind. Of course not. So it's pretty uh, pretty terrible stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but, of course, this one takes place in Arkansas, um, not Oklahoma. So the Elaine Massacre. Um, on September 30th, 1919, a group of around 100 sharecroppers uh, met in a small local church in Elaine, Arkansas. They knew the risk they took because black people were not technically allowed to assemble, basically in any way, um, and certainly not after hours like there were just these unspoken rules, yeah. you know. Um, so the group was only looking to fight for fair wages um, that the land white landowners were enforcing with sharecropping. Like they, they were taking basically over half of their profits. So it was kind of like killing them, and then always being told you're in debt. Anyway, sorry, I'll get into that. So. Yeah. Um, in 1910, over 75% of the population in Phillips County was black. Nearly 3,600 black tenants and sharecroppers farmed around 81,000 acres, with only 578 black people actually owning their land. Each season, white landowners would demand over half their profits and refuse to show any detailed account while also claiming the sharecroppers had more debt to pay. So somehow, despite working every day and giving over half their profits to the landowners, most sharecroppers would find themselves in debt with no explanation as to why. Um, and there was an unspoken rule that no black person could leave until all their debt was um, paid off or worked off. And even though federally uh, peonage was illegal, peonage is the practice <laughs> of basically debt slavery. Okay. Um, I had to look that up. All right. Uh, for nearly 80 years, uh, illegal slavery still went on because the South had been so heavily reliant on other people doing the hard physical labor while they sat back drinking sweet tea. They had to find a sneaky way of maintaining slavery. So once the Civil War was lost and the South began um, seeing black people as competition as a zero sum gain, where somehow, you know, everyone paranoid felt that, like, the more black people had, the less they would have. So, like... Oh, no, if they're successful, then that means I'm being less successful, which is just fucking ridiculous. Um, During the 1900s, Roosevelt, our favorite racist president, wanted to look good (laughs) and go after something he felt like people would respond positively to. So they went after peonage. They're like, we're going to find out who's still illegally doing, uh, you know, slave debt. So... Of course, they immediately found some really horrific shit. In one city, they found that the current and former sheriff were working in cahoots with the courts to illegally prosecute black people and force them to sign contracts to work off imaginary debt. Like this one guy told the story, he's literally just walking down like the train tracks. Uh-huh. The sheriff pops out and just points a gun at him and says, you owe me money. Oh he's like, God. I don't owe you money. He's like, yes, you do. Arrests him, take, takes him to the court. 
and is being told you owe all this debt you have to work for 10 months oh my god out of fucking nowhere like this shit so fucked up dude right and like it happened all the time yeah um so crazy yeah just just to know like when people think they can get away with it what they actually try to do yeah literally yeah so let's see oh so they know for a fact that they had seized at least 80 black people to force like just force them to work sometimes for years until they worked off debt that like did not exist um they each received the minimum sentencing and then roosevelt fucking pardoned them no issues like yeah i just i don't know i don't know why that shocks me again why does it shock <laughs> me it shouldn't shock me but it shocks me yeah um especially like this hoorah oh we're gonna go after peonage and then doing the exact opposite you didn't do shit yeah you like f- saw that two people were guilty and then just pardoned them like well you know sometimes mistakes happen wait so he pardoned the people who were like doing that like yes the oh sheriffs he pardoned them oh yeah because well like in the other people too of course yeah. like they didn't have to do their debt slavery shit yeah. anymore but like all that testifying and then just to know like nothing Ew. happened to them yeah yeah sorry okay uh, okay i gotta i gotta get over it <laughs> But I'm not. No, at first I thought you were saying that he pardoned their debt. I oh, was like, well, like, that sounds what? nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, obviously pardon their debt. But these people, yeah. like, they're never like going to get that. away from it. Yeah. yeah. They never they're got like paid. Slaves. Yeah. They, they'll never get those years or months off their life again or back. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, and that's just as an example to show how little of a shit people gave about sharecroppers back then. Like, even the president just pardoned those people that's how much he fucking cared so um for the residents in phillips county they thought taking legal action was their only chance of receiving fair wages since the morality of the local white christian community was lacking the group had also joined the progressive farmers and household union of america or the pfhua um they hired a local white attorney ulysses branton oh my gosh Ulysses Bratton to help. I think I had Scranton, Pennsylvania in my head when I, it doesn't matter. (laughs) The group had also hoped that by acquiring some legal representation, they would apply pressure to the courts that they weren't backing down. Uh, Bratton at the, uh, at that point did have experience in the years past with taking peonage cases to court and he won his fee was $50 a tenant. So the sharecroppers would hold secret meetings to slowly raise money to be able to afford the lawyer. That's like a lot of fucking money. To know they're already being paid unfairly. Yeah. They're giving over half their, um, uh, whatchamacallit, to the farmers, these white farmers. They're being told they're in debt, and they're still trying to raise yeah. money, $50 a person for this lawyer. So, oh my God. Uh, this being 1919 means that race riots were in the news, and everyone knew about them, and that some people, I think some people, white people in that town, were, like, wringing their hands for when they got to have yeah. their turn. Like, I literally think that. Um, racial tension was said to have been thick in the air. So around 11 PM that night, having met at that church, a group of angry white boys showed up with their guns. So there's no official record as to who fired the first shot, but, um, I think it's irrelevant. So one cop, uh, W a Atkins was killed and another cop was injured in the shootout. So the white boys run off screaming about, Oh my God, this violent group that's involved with the PFHUA. They're all behind it. Um, and then they started this crazy rumor, like out of fucking nowhere, that the PFHUA was leading an insurrection against white people. <laughs> like somehow it just turned in from like, hey, we're just trying to fight these sharecropping bullshit laws. And that gets turned into they're trying to kill all the white people. Yeah. It's like fucking insane how quickly this shit 
got out of control. So once word got out about the dead cop, everyone went into a meltdown mode. Yeah. Couple that with the fake conspiracy to destroy, to destroy all white people, which might as well have been the Illuminati, but really it was just farmers trying to get fair wages, leading to the pale-fleshed residents to spiral into an unimaginable blind vengeance despite not knowing a thing. It wasn't long before an armed mob of around a thousand people came together. In the chaos, the town pleaded uh, that the governor help them fight this evil in their community. Um, so there's like so many layers in the story of people in charge. Like I don't even, I can barely keep it straight. Mm -hmm. There was this like white power group basically called the committee of seven that met with the governor to give them, I don't know why he needed their blessing, but he did. What? So this committee of seven gave the governor their blessing basically to like, I think they were like an official government thing. Sorry. I don't mean to sound <laughs> like it was a separate organization. I believe it was like actually government linked, but it was all proud boy types, yeah. you know, like they're all business owners, landowners, you know, all these like rich dynasty types. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So they tell the governor, like he can do whatever he needs to get done, but he has to promise not to lynch anyone. So here's what the committee of seven had to say the present troubles with the Negroes in Phillips County is not a race riot. It is a deliberately planned insurrection of the Negroes against the whites directed by an organization known as the progressive farmers and household unit of America established for banding Negroes together for the killing of white people. So like you have government officials spouting this shit, mm -hmm. you know, they're believing all of their own lies. Uh, the governor agreed and he assumed the reasonable response would be to contact the department of war where he whined about how some black people met up at a church one night and that all of their lives were in danger, um, that the group of people they'd been oppressing weren't wanting to take their shit anymore. So the Secretary of War must have really bought into this because he sent 500 soldiers to Elaine, um, of which they were said to have killed many themselves. Like, there's reports of soldiers just, like, killing people in the streets just because. Um, there was also a machine gun division in this mix of these 500 soldiers. So they brought hmm. at least seven machine guns with them oh my God. to Elaine, Arkansas because some black people met at a church one night. Oh my God. Fucking insane. So thanks to the meticulous records kept at the university of Arkansas, little rock, we know that the sharecroppers first encounter with white people after the church shootout was a group of deputized American Legion members who had just returned from world war one. Um, and they were demanding uh, the deaths of the leaders of the PFHUA, the Arkansas Democrat, News, it's like a local newspaper, I guess, on October 1st, said that troops had been called in because, this is like a quote, Negroes were massing from all over the country. Like, they really <laughs> believed that, like, this this crazy this attack on... out of hand. Yeah. Um, other local papers were adding fuel to the fire by using just a ton of racist tropes about how black people are, though they're often docile, and, like, this is oh literally gosh. how people in the South thought about black people especially during slavery they would say shit like they're loyal and obedient you know mm. like all this shit and then the second reconstruction happens they're violent criminals they're out to kill all of us you know it's like it's just insane how like quickly it flips um but like southerners were like saying oh they've been exposed to evil propaganda and they're they weren't sure if it was by a white person or if the evil pfhua was somehow trying to trick black people uh, for their own personal gain. Like, I still don't understand <laughs> it. Um, in any case, the white mobs were formed, say they were full of crazy armed men from neighboring states. So, this is crazy, too. Like, people from other states 
came out to Elaine, Arkansas, I think because they heard there was going to be basically like just a hunt. Um, So all these people show up, the troops come like, oh, and this is the crazy part too. Many white women and children were sent away because like the residents knew exactly how violent they were about to get. They were literally sending their families like, oh, we're about to fuck some shit up. So for five days, with the help of a bunch of wackadoo nut jobs, they essentially hunted for black people for over a two mile radius. Some of the accounts are really, really graphic. So be warned. Um, A suspected black union leader was interrogated, doused in kerosene and set on fire. Bodies were like literally just like everywhere in the street. They murdered a female leader and left her on the road with her dress tied over her head. Uh, Some people were burned alive in their homes. And that's like kind of just like what, those are just like yeah. the broad stories of like what we know. We there's still like little detailed account mm-hmm. just because uh, you know Yeah, no one wants to keep <laughs> no track of this. Yeah. Um so one particularly sad story was the death of Leroy Johnston, who had just returned home after spending nine months recovering from a wound during his time in France in World War One. He was pulled from a train sh- and shot with his three brothers. So like mm. four siblings were just yeah, murdered in cold blood yeah um and i think they didn't even live in a lane they just like were passing through yeah. and they just fucking wow. yeah That's sad. so because there was so little regard for the black lives especially back then it's hard to say how many people actually died um to add insult to injury during the mass murder five white people died and white people were going to make somebody answer for those wicked crimes, even though they had just literally murdered hundreds of people. So they're not sure. They they know it's at least 200 people died, but they're, they estimate, like, it could be as high as 800. There's just, like, absolutely no way to know. Because no one, like, black people really weren't allowed to come back mm-hmm. to their homes. Like, they said, for the people that did try to come back, they, like, just immediately got chased mm-hmm. out. Like, we're going to fucking kill you. if You've got, like, one hour yeah. to get out of here. Um. So, uh, sorry. Um, yes, because some people, oh, never mind. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the papers continued to slander black people, continuing to cause fear with the idea that it was an evil plot by this PFHUA, um, that they were calling white people or, um, calling black people to kill all the white people. And let's see. Oh, the paper stated that the secret to Phillips County's success was, that the Southerner knows the Negro through several generations of experience, as if to say, like, they had it coming. Like, yeah. trust us, we know better. We so know how stupid, to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like, all these black people are going to kill us, so we're just going to kill all of them. Right. Like, See how violent they are? Yeah. We had to murder 200 of them before they killed us. <laughs> um, so, with the fear of the made up insurrection that never happened, some were only arrested and not murdered. They also arrested around 200 people. Um, and if some of them were lucky enough, like a white lander owner would come by and vouch for them and then they would be set free. Wow. So I, I don't know that that happened yeah. very much. Um, let's see. Oh, the governor also had a statement about what was going on in Elaine. He said, the situation in Elaine has been well handled and is absolutely under control. There is no danger of any lynching. The white citizens of the county deserve unstinting praise for their actions in uh, preventing mob violence. Oh my god yep it's so like just crazy to think this is like real yeah and like to know that he's just like so openly lying yeah. about what's going on and he just he obviously is not afraid of being caught yeah so wow yeah uh this did help spin the narrative that if it wasn't for those pesky black people wanting equality 
which somehow translate to the demise of all white people, they wouldn't have to kill any of those black people. So when they were being arrested, they were basically put into stockades and then they were moved to Helena jail where it was only designed for about 48 people to be held. Um, There were two men, a part of the mobs that in sworn affidavits admitted to torturing some of the prisoners during their interrogations. And they like named other people that were torturing as well for the interrogations. Um, And I just... (laughs) No, I don't know why no one considered this when people started to admitting to crimes that they didn't commit, but like they're just trying to make the pain stop. Like, you know, there's a reason we don't do torture. Well, our country says we don't do torture anymore, but like there's a reason why you shouldn't do torture. People start admitting to shit that like they probably didn't even fucking do. Um, So on October 31st, 1919, the Phillips County Grand Jury charged 122 black people with the crimes that basically all the white people did. Um, even the lawyers provided. So the lawyers were provided to them by the court. They literally made no efforts to defend their clients. One lawyer named Frank Hicks, he admitted to the jury that he had interviewed literally no one. Um, he never made a mention to change venue. He never challenged any prospective members of the jury. It's almost as if he didn't care. So the first 12 prosecuted were all convicted of murder every single one and sentenced to death by electric chair so that's just the first group of 12 um and then everyone else kind of seeing how shit's gonna go down they all just start entering plea deals to not get the electric chair so thankfully the NAACP stepped in to fight some of these bullshit convictions the original lawyer hired for the sharecropping wages reached out for more help from George C. Murphy out of Little Rock who had actually been a former attorney general Um, that dude actually, so like he went to go, he went to that town to obviously fight for, you know, these, these families. Um, he had to stay in a different house every single night, like where he was staying, Mm -hmm. not specifically in a lane, but like nearby. Um, he had to stay in a different house every single night because they were afraid he was going to die. Like, cause the white residents were coming at him like really aggressively. Um, so thankfully between the efforts of, Ulysses Brat- Bratton, the NAACP, George C. Murphy. The convictions were eventually overturned, but it did take years. Six of the men received retrials due to technicalities, and the other six had to take their case all the way to the United States Supreme Court. The court also cited that the all-white jury, lack of opportunity to testify, confessions under torture, denial of change of venue, and the pressure of the mob, um, they just all felt that uh, if the case, oh shoot, sorry, it was a quote. If the case is that the whole proceeding is a mask, that counsel, jury, and judge were swept to the fatal end by an irresistible wave of public passion, and that he felt that it was the duty of the Supreme Court to intervene. So, that basically was the Elaine massacre, hmm. and I do apologize if I rambled because I'm pretty high. No, so, cool, go me. Uh, oh, my sources. Sorry, very quickly. Smithsonian article by Francine uh, Unuma, FacingSouth.org, Leah Weiss, uh, New York Times, Nan Elizabeth Woodruff. Oh, and these are all, sorry, articles from these places. Mm-hmm. Libcom.org. I've got to be honest, I wasn't sure if this was the guy's name. It says Griff Stockley, but it didn't say like author or by. It was just big, bold letters and I'm, whatever, Griff Stockley. Okay. Blackpass.org, Weston Cooper, and then there was a really cool documentary on PBS called Slave by Another Name, and that was about peonage, and um, that was where I got that story about the sheriffs, yeah. So, that was the Elaine Massacre. Nice. Good job. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Horrifying. It really is. So. Sad. (laughs) Yeah. 
my friend, will you hand me that lighter so I may yeah, light Yeah, I my... wanted to slide it to you during the podcast. And <laughs> Sorry. That's cool. But then I was like, oh, I don't want to. Yep. I'm... Okay. I think we're good. Okay. So. All right, sweet. Okay. Are we recording? Yep. Okay, sweet. So um, today I'm going to be talking about Ronald Gene Simmons and... Yeah, he's basically a family annihilator. He killed 14 of his family members and then two more people after that, like <coughs> all over a week-long period in Arkansas in 1987. Damn. So, who was Ronald Gene Simmons besides a piece of shit family <laughs> annihilator? Uh, well, he was born in July of, 15, of 1940 on the 15th, which... I feel like Garrett's brother, who I hate, was born on July 15th, so I'm just going to throw that out what there. Is, I hate that date. <laughs> Anyways, so um, he was born in Chicago to Loretta and William Simmons. His father died in 1943, and then a year later, his mother would remarry to a civil engineer for the U.S. Army. Is it Corps or Corps? I've heard it said both ways. Okay, I don't know. So the U.S. Army Corps of, is that just U.S. Army? I don't know. But anyways, of engineers named William D. Um, Griffin. So yeah, she married a civil engineer. Anyways, uh, due to William being in the Army, uh, the family would eventually end up stationed across central Arkansas over the next decade, which I thought was weird. I guess they were just stuck in one state. I don't yeah. know. So, in 1957, Simmons dropped out of school, and he joined the Navy, and at his first station in Washington, he met Bursabe Rebecca Ulibari. That's or, a one hell of a name. But she went by Becky, so. <laughs> cool, thank uh, God. Yeah. So, they ended up getting married in New Mexico in 1960, and then from there, the couple would have seven children over the course of 18 years. Uh, he ended up leaving the Navy in 1963. And then he joined the Air Force. Uh, he had a 20-year military career consisting of different awards and medals. I didn't feel like reading them out because he's just honestly a piece of shit, so whatever. Uh, he retired on November 30th, 1979 with the rank of Master Sergeant. Um, so apparently, because they had been living in New Mexico and this town of Cloudcroft, uh, some people like just knew him and kind of feared him, I guess. Um, a quote from one of the friends of his daughters said that he always had a beer in his hand and he had one little room where he would stay in all the time. It was dark and seemed spooky and it stunk. So Ew. yeah, I guess he was just this alcoholic who kind of was a recluse and people were freaked out by him. Yeah. Um, so his wife had like tried to leave him many times, but always like went back, I guess, and got all their kids and shit. So Flash forward almost 10 years, and um, an investigation is, like, opened on him because his 17-year-old daughter, Sheila, uh, reported him for, like, sexually abusing her, and then, like, he had got her pregnant, and, like, she ended up having a kid, and so, yeah, she reported him, and apparently this, like, made him go fucking crazy because he was, like, in love with her or something. I don't know. It was really disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... So he freaked out, he fled arrest, and he took, like, the whole family with him, and they left New Mexico, and they ended up going to, like, a different couple of places in, like, Arkansas, and then they finally ended up staying in, um, Dover, Arkansas, or, I think it was actually, like, six miles from Dover, but, um, it was on a 13-acre tract of land, and this would become known as Mockingbird Hill. Their house was basically two mobile homes joined to form one home. That's what the article said. Hmm. And then I was like, isn't that just, like, 
a double double wide trailer yeah. i don't know so yeah they lived in like a double wide i guess and from like the way they described it i think it was like in pretty bad condition and it also didn't have plumbing it didn't have a telephone pole or <laughs> telephone pole it didn't have a telephone and it was surrounded by like makeshift um like privacy fence but it was just like because it was like super um like ghetto it was just like really tall in one spot short in other spots like 10 feet tall in some spots i don't know it's just like this weird fence that he built to kind of like keep everyone out yeah um so over the christmas holiday in 1987 he ended up methodically killing 14 members of his family so six daughters three sons two grandsons his son-in-law his daughter and um like her husband and then finally his wife so yeah and then one of those people being his daughter who was also his granddaughter because he's a disgusting person um yeah so in addition to his 14 family members he went into town and killed two other people and they say that it was like a conscious premeditated decision and he had made it just before christmas so on the morning of december 22nd he went to walmart and he bought a 22 caliber handgun because it's that easy to get a gun, I guess. And then he came home where he bludgeoned, bludgeoned and shot his son, Jean, and then his wife, Becky. Um, so then he strangled his three-year-old daughter, Barbara. And from what I read, too, it seemed like most of, like, the younger children, he, like, strangled and, like, drowned all of them. Oh so, God. yeah. Um, so after he strangled the three-year-old, he stopped, took a break, had a beer. Um, yeah. Then he had apparently made his children dig a cesspit like months before this and he claimed that it was going to be their third family outhouse oh yeah but he used that to dump their bodies into oh they dug their own grave yeah so horrible really sad so um after this he sat and he waited for his other children to arrive home off the bus he told them that he had presents for each one of them and that like he needed to show them to them separately or like one at a time so the first to get their present was his daughter Loretta. <laughs> Sorry, and uh, she was seventeen, and she was strangled and held underwater in a rain barrel. Oh my god! Um, the three other children, Marianne, Beck, and Eddie, they were all killed in like a similar fashion. And yeah, some said how they died, and some didn't. But I think they were like also drowned. So, um, and then the remaining members of his family, they had planned to visit on the twenty sixth. So I guess this was like four days later or so. Um, they ended up showing up, and so I think, like, the first people to arrive would be, um, his son, Billy, and his daughter-in-law, Renata, or Renetta. Mm, yeah. Um, and he shot them both dead, and then he drowned and strangled their, his grandson, their kid, uh, Trey. I, yeah. he had a different name, but I guess it was his nickname. The other name was, like, too hard to say. Yeah. But he was, like, I think, like, 24 months old or something oh like that. God. Yeah. Um, so then he would then go to shoot his favorite daughter, Sheila, the one he got pregnant, and her husband, Dennis, and then his child daughter, yeah. his daughter, granddaughter, whatever the fuck, um, Sylvia, uh, he strangled her, and then lastly, he killed his grandson, Michael. Holy shit, yeah. this guy. Yeah, and they were, like, all really young, like, the grandkids and stuff, like, two, three years old, like, it's really ugh, disturbing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then he laid all of their bodies in rows in the, like, living room, and he covered them all with coats, except for Sheila, his favorite daughter, 
he covered her with, it said the nicest tablecloth they had in the house. What the fuck? Yeah. So, yeah. And then he wrapped the bodies of his two grandsons in plastic sheets. He took them to abandoned cars, like, on the property or at the end of the lane or something like that. And, um, yeah, just, like, put them in the trunks. And then he went for another drink at the local bar. Whatever. Went to, like, a club or something like that. Then he returned to the house, drank more beer, watched TV, just, like, surrounded by, like, all of his dead family. Like, almost like he was oblivious to it. Yeah. What the fuck? And then he even, during this time, went to Sears to pick up Christmas presents for the... Literally, it's, like, for the people he just killed. And I guess they didn't end up coming in time. That's what it said. So he just went to get them. I don't fucking know. This dude is crazy. Yeah. And so apparently, too, I like found this thing with like all these weird facts from the case. And one of them was that he soaked the bodies in kerosene because he thought it was going to keep the smell in. What? So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. I don't like this man. Yeah. So a few days later after this, on um, December 28th, he again drives to Walmart, gets another fucking gun. Um, and he drives to a law office in Russellville, and he shoots dead a young woman named Kathy Krindrick, who he apparently had, like, all these crazy ideas in his head that she was, like, the blame to all for all his problems. Well, who was this person to him? I don't fucking know, dude. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And then he drove to Taylor Oil Company, and he shot dead a man named J.D. Chafin, and he was the owner of Sinclair Mini Mart, and I guess he had worked at, like, Sinclair Mini Mart for, like, a year and a half or something like that, and then ended up quitting, and so, yeah, I guess he had, like, some kind of resentment against him, so he drove to this place where that dude worked, fucking shot him dead, then he drove to the Sinclair, and he shot and wounded uh, two other people there, so these people um, were just wounded that I'm about to say, but... um, Roberta Woolery and David Slayer. Mm-hmm. It looks like Slayer, but the L and A are reversed. Uh, and then he finally went to Woodline Motor Freight, where he shot and wounded another woman named Joyce Butts in the head and chest. Whoa. And I think um, she used to be like his. I didn't write it down, but uh, she used to be like his uh, manager or something like that somewhere else. I don't know. So it was just, like, all these people who, like, used to work for him or, like, were associates or something that he just got in his head that, like, they had something, some, like, vendetta against him. Uh, So then he took that secretary at this office, um, took her, like, at gunpoint into a computer office, made her call the police... And then apparently while they were just sitting there, he's just, like, talking, like, away, like, oh, like, talking to her. And then said something before the police arrived, like, I've come to do what I wanted to do. It's all over now. I've gotten everybody who wanted to hurt me. And when the police arrived, he went with no resistance, ending his killing spree. Um, He was taken to um, the state hospital for competency. (laughs) Competency? Oof. I'm not even going to try, dude. Yeah. Just to make sure he was competent. I could say that word. Um, and Com- he... <laughs> Competency. Competent. Comp- <laughs> I'm thinking about it too hard. Anyways, he was found, like, sane and um, competent to stand trial. Uh, so during his trial, the prosecutor had offered um, a possible motive due to a letter that they found in a safe deposit box at his bank after um, everything happened. 
and it indicated a strong love-hate relationship with his daughter Sheila. It was ruled admissible in court, and then, like, um, I guess after all of this, he freaked out on the fucking prosecutor and um, punched him in the face. Oh! This, yeah, this guy Whoa. named J- John Bynum or something like that, so... And apparently they picked, like, um, with this, too, like, they picked, like, the jury really fast. It took, like, six hours or something like that for them to pick it. Yeah. And, like, the trial was, like, pretty quick as well and stuff. Um, And then, so in that same letter that they had found in the safe deposit box, I think, unless he had wrote other ones, it was kind of, like, hard to find. Uh, He had stated something, like, it was, like, a letter, basically, like, kind of to his daughter, the one he was obsessed with. Like, mm-hmm. you have destroyed me, and you have destroyed my trust in you. I will see you in hell. Holy shit, this yeah. fucking guy. And apparently he wrote it after she had reported him for molesting her when she was 17, right? So, yeah, wow. this dude. Um, so, he was charged with 16 counts of murder and found guilty of 14 on May 12, 1988. And then he was sentenced to death on May 31st in 1990. And the governor at the time, Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. uh, also become president, but uh, he signed the execution warrant. And actually, I guess at the time, it was like the quickest sentence to execution in U.S. history since like the death penalty had been reinstated in 1976. So, yeah. I, they, think, um, I think I'm all right with it. Yeah, they really wanted him dead. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, too, like um, he also believed like he like wasn't one of those people who like tried to appeal anything or say he wasn't guilty like he knew mm-hmm. he was like deserved to like die and um yeah he and i guess too he got to pick how he died so he uh-huh. picked lethal injection which i don't know what other forms there are i know maybe like firing squad and like ex- yeah like electrocution <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i don't know so <laughs> um uh yeah well he's a because he's a fucking pussy. Yeah. So he picked lethal injection. So they sentenced him to death. Lethal injection plus 147 years. So that's when they just keep your body, right? On prison property. Do they? I don't know. Oh, it fuck. just always confuses me when it's like they're sentenced to death plus like 200 years or something like that. It just means they don't release your body or something like that. Or... I have no idea. It's I really... was just assumed it was like some sort of technicality of like oh. this, this particular thing of the, uh, this particular sentencing of the thing you did it's is like not many years. the death penalty, but I have to, I don't know. Yeah. I've always wondered that, like if they hold their body or something like that, but then it yeah. also said that, um, like none of his surviving relatives wanted to claim his body, obviously. Good. So he was buried in like a potter's field at Lincoln Memorial Lawn in Varner. I feel like I would have taken it just to put it somewhere really disgusting. That's how I feel. Like yeah. just throw it in the fucking yeah. Go put it in somebody's trash septic island. Tank, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah, Fuck literally. Him. Like yeah. I don't... So um, and then also while he was in prison, he was like on high like security because everyone wanted to fucking kill him sure like obviously because of what he did but obvi- like also because i guess he wouldn't appeal his death sentence oh. and it like pissed off all the other inmates who wanted to appeal their death sentence because it, it made them look bad or something huh. i don't know it was really weird so they yeah. were all like mad at him like just yeah. fuck him made no sense yeah, yeah. so um he also refused all visitors and legal counsel counsel and his last words were um justice delayed finally be done is justifiable homicide Hmm. so yeah Yeah. and then my sources were 
um, the Encyclopedia of Arkansas.net. And it was just like, all of these were just like titled like Ronald Jean Simmons. And then mm-hmm. um, ClarkProsecutor.org and Wikipedia. Fuck yeah. But yeah. So cool. I had listened to a whole bunch of other podcasts that were like two hours long than this. Just like tons of information. I so yeah. figured. Why not? Keep it short and simple. Maybe yeah. someone doesn't want to listen to that one. <laughs> but yeah. You get the real condensed version here with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I, same with mine, it's like there's always so much I leave out. Yeah. But I also don't want to go that long. That's how I felt. I, think I, I get worried and then I'm like, well, maybe I could have kept going. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to be experts on these yeah. subjects. We're, we're just trying to look up cool stories. Yeah. But speaking of how no one wanted to take his body, did do you remember watching? Did you watch? I'm sure you did that Gypsy Rose documentary. Um, yeah, I did. Okay, this was crazy. When like the mom's ashes, no one wanted oh, to take yeah. him. I think her sister or some some family member was yeah. like, "What did she say? Like flush him down the toilet." <laughs> she did not like her. Oh my gosh, that lady was insane. Yeah. I wanted to watch that weird movie they remade too with it. Oh, it's like kind of yeah. sad. I felt kind of bad for that girl. Like, yeah, yeah. What did I watch? Sorry, I, like, I don't actually have a life, but I watch yeah. a lot of TV. Um, but uh, oh shit, now I forgot. Sorry, I was like, I'm so high. No, uh, what is it that words that girl that was like texting her boyfriend like just fucking oh kill like yourself. kill yourself and all that? Is it, it like, like the a- girl from Plain? something or something is that um, it or no? it was the 2020 episode yeah. that i watched so i really didn't know anything about it yeah and like it was not what i thought it yeah. was so much creepier than that really um i thought so my Have sister you... they just released like a bigger documentary about yeah, it too. there's one on hbo max yeah yeah i um, haven't watched like words with that it. kill or yeah. something like that my sister that. said it was crazy though dude it is she was i i don't know how to feel about it well she's obviously like out of her fucking mind yeah. but um I yeah, I feel so bad for that family of that kid that that took his life. That was so fucking yeah, sad. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, just some of the shit she said and the way she acted. I think you would love it because yeah. you'd be like, oh yeah, this yeah. this bitch be crazy. I have to watch it, and then also I want to watch. Uh, maybe I'll watch that, and then I'll watch the show because my sister said it's kind of like I think like documentary stylish, documentary mm-hmm. style. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. Uh, shit, what else have I watched? Not that anybody fucking cares what we're watching, but too fucking bad. We're going to yeah. talk about it. Um, oh, we've been rewatching Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, do, holy, did you ever watch that show? Like, one, if an episode came on or something, I'd watch it, but never, like, oh, actually, like, fully watch it. yes, dude. That show so funny. still stands up, dude. It is such <laughs> a funny show. Yes. I'll have to watch it. What's it on? It's on Hulu. Nice. Yeah. Huh uh fucking miracle workers is dope as shit um that's daniel radcliffe what yeah it's his show it's on hbo Um, oh i think i saw it and heard of it isn't it what is it about i feel like i saw like something with it it's like so okay so i'm only like halfway through the second season so the first season it's steve buscemi plays god and earth is his creation and it's all like it's all satire yeah it's so much um it's but it's like okay it's very cute like it's it's really good yeah the second season oh because like steve buscemi wants to destroy earth yeah and like daniel radcliffe and the girl he's working with who's like new to the job um they have to perform one miracle like one really really hard miracle uh and steve buscemi won't destroy the earth because he wants to destroy everything um 
But the second season, I don't know what the fucking point is, and I don't care because it's so good. But it starts, it's called Miracle Workers Dark Ages. Mm -hmm. So it's just set in this made up place. I mean, like, it's not, (laughs) I don't think it's not about anywhere specific. It's all like made up shit. But uh, it's all medieval style shit, you know? Uh, Nobody's educated. Like, in the first episode, she goes to school. Right. So like they get in, they're sitting down and the woman's like, okay, I'm here to teach you everything we know. The earth is flat. The devil is real. (laughs) The sun is crazy. Congratulations, graduates. (laughs) It's so fucking funny. It's so random. I don't understand it. Like, uh, everybody's last name is like their profession, you know, where it's like, Oh, kind of like that book. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Quality Land. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa Sex Worker. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Peter Jobless. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking good. Um, yeah, but it's like Courtney Baker. She's going to be the baker. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, Stephen Carpenter. He's going to be the carpenter. <laughs> uh, Wesley Pervert, what are you up to these days? <laughs> and like her, the main character, her name is like Alexandra Shit Shoveler. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she shovels shit. Her yeah. family shovels shit. Um, Dude, it's huh. so fucking good. It sounds good. I'll have to watch it. I yeah. saw it and I was like, Daniel Radcliffe. What's this little I weird idea? I am now obsessed with him just <laughs> really? because of the show. And that Weird Al documentary, I am fucking in for yeah. it. Have you seen the preview? No. Oh my God. I didn't even know they were making that. Yes. And Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> is playing Weird Al. What? Yes. Oh my God. Girlfriend. So yes. I'll have to watch. Dude, you should have watched the teaser trailer. It, Dude. I think you're going to be in. Funny. Okay. Do you want to go see it together? Yeah, okay. dude, I'll totally be down. Fuck yeah, we'll take some edibles. Well, I'll take some edibles. All right. And then we'll go. Excellent. Sweet. Cool. Do you work on um, Sundays? No. No, you don't? No. Because on Sunday I was going to message you because I really wanted to go to that like Cirque de <gasps> Italia or whatever. Oh, me too. And yeah, then I, I was going to invite you, but they're closed now. But I was like, oh, I don't Are know. They gone? Like, she might. Yeah, I was, so sad. I was like, maybe she won't want to go. Like, it was so short notice because no. it was literally like noon. And then they started at like 1 30. And I was like, oh, I really want to go. I was like, so sad. My sister was like, I can't go. So I think I would have. Really? Yeah, because we, we didn't have anything going on because uh, we were going to do D&D. And then I got, we just, I yeah. got overwhelmed. I wasn't done with the story. Yeah. And we thought we were going to record. But Oh, yeah, because I broke my laptop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I had to download all the software on it again. Yeah. So I was like, that's why we were late again. Yeah. There's always a fucking uh. reason. But, um, yeah, so I had to get a new laptop. God damn it. But I've got my new Rick and Morty <laughs> sticker on the it outside. Very nice. Thank you. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about just five seconds ago. The circus. Oh, yes, the circus. Yes. I wanted to go. Circus. Maybe it's in Pueblo or something. Maybe something will come back. I don't right? know. I was really bummed, though. So yeah. Like, Isn't there, like, another circus in town, too? I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, a quilt and crafting show in Castle Rock, too, oh. next Thursday. But I'm already broke between, like, having yeah. to get a laptop and a bike. It's like, well, I have no money now, so <laughs> yeah. we'll just go to Michael's. Um yeah, but it looked, I don't know, it just looked cute nice, and cool. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe we can find some really cool stuff. Kits, like she really wants to do jewelry making stuff yeah. and tie-dye kits and I don't know. just Yeah, that sounds fun. fun Crafting fairs, ooh. Yeah, it's 10 bucks to get in, I think, and then hmm. whatever the cost of yeah. everything probably make me even more yeah. poorer. It's probably good that I had to leave that other thing we went to that day because 
yeah what was it the oddity fair oh yeah otherwise dude. i would spend so much money in there like i was trying to dude i spent more than i thought because i went back and recalculated and i was like holy shit i think oh. i spent like two hundred dollars <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah and then I, I think i kept it in check i think all i bought was that box and box. that candle yes so yeah you you definitely somehow maintain like eighty dollars so. yeah <laughs> I had a fucking 12-year-old up my ass about every other booth. She's like, find me this. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come see this. Just real quick. Can I have this one thing, please? Yeah. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> she came up with a teddy bear and a fucking, what do you call it? A this choker. Yeah. What else? That little. Oh, a weird potion thing. <laughs> yeah, it was just like so many random things. Yeah. yeah anyway. It's awesome. Yeah. So. All right all right we should wrap this shit all up. right yeah oh fuck we were talking about how we were gonna end it again i already forgot oh yeah i had had ideas of that we like share stories but i honestly don't have a fucking story no i got ask, nothing so have you ever broken a laptop <laughs> if so how no i know contact us at... don't contact us. <laughs> send us your broken laptops yeah. no <laughs> um I don't know. Should I give the Gmail? I'm just so scared. It's going to be like, you fucking suck you. Right? Like, if you could please stop putting podcasts out, <laughs> I will give you a thousand dollars. I would like, take okay, that money yeah. too. <laughs> no. Uh, icy cold hands of cake at gmail.com. If you, I don't know. I can't even guarantee I'll fucking read it. So, fan mail only. No. Yeah. But... <laughs> Otherwise, we are uninterested. Yeah. <laughs> no spam, please. All right. All right. Well, shit, we have no way to end it, so that's how we're going to end it. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>